guys hear me? Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, the question, um, what is your kryptonite? Um, yeah, the kryptonite that you may have. It could be, maybe for some of us, it could be this habitual sin uh, that you just cannot seem to shake off. It could be a major character flaw. None of us is perfect. We all have character flaws. But there are some, some really major like, character flaws that you may have. Maybe you can be a compulsive liar, right? Or maybe your kryptonite can be something that, um, something that really just flips that switch in you, right? Uh, for me, one, one of, I have many. One of them is road rage. Uh, I remember a few, uh, couple months ago or something, uh, we had a, a small group here at church. Um, and on the way back, it was kind of raining. Um, so, you know, there's that, uh, the ramp that you get off from uh, Ox Road to, to uh, Fairfax County Parkway. So I was kind of just uh, going a little slower than usual because it was kind of raining. And then the, the guy uh, behind me, it was at, late at night, right? And uh, just high beam, right? So I was like, what's, you know, so I, I, I was not happy at all, right? So I was like, dude, it's raining. You should be just, it should slow down a little more. And so he was just high beaming me. And so I just, you know, just put on the brake. I even went even slower, right? And he was so annoyed, right? It's because I would, and then I would try to just like, you know, just go fast. And, you know, so, uh, you know, things like that. Um, we all have some sort of kryptonite. Maybe it's your un unwillingness just really having a hard time for forgiving someone that may have really hurt you in the past. We use the phrase, the struggle is real, right? And it's a phrase that we use in a half-joking way. But when it comes to our sanctification, the theme uh, for this month, um, I think we really mean it. The struggle is real. Um, at times, we may wonder, and has God really given us a mission impossible, right? It seems like, you know, he's really calling us to be holy, and yet every time we look around, it seems like it, we have such a hard time. So has God given us, has God given us a mission impossible? Absolutely not. The word sanctify means to set apart to God for his use or to separate unto God for his purpose. So, I mean, I, I forgot to bring it, but, you know, we, you know, when we have communion service, you know, uh, we used to have, like, the, uh, the cup, you know, the holder, and then the bread, you know, holder thing. Those, right, we wouldn't really use it for any other use, right? We reserve it. So, in that way, it is sanctified because we have reserved exclusively for the, the purpose of serving or administering uh, the, the communion. In that way, those, those plates, cup holders, they are sanctified for a special use. And that's what it means for us to be sanctified is for us to be set apart unto God for his use, for his purpose. Sanctification is a lifelong process that does not happen overnight. I wish it were, right? I wish we would be just like, we flip on the switch and then we are, voila, right? We are just like changed and we are so holy and perfect. But it's not the case. You know, a favorite show that I used to watch was Fixer Upper. 
right? Um, a very wholesome show with Chip and Joanna Gaines, and they just worked magic on renovating some rundown houses. And it's really fascinating to watch, right? Maybe some of you guys don't know, but if you have a chance, just watch it. Uh, it's really fascinating to see the work done and just the creativity uh, that, that they, this couple uh, just really use and, and it's this, the way it's being displayed. And we are kind of like that. We are a work in progress that God is crafting with great care. And he's not really finished with any one of us, even at this moment. We are kind of somewhere between, you know, chip, you know, like removing and tearing down unnecessary, unnecessary parts of the house that they are trying to renovate. Uh, to, and, and, and somewhere between that and then like Joanna, right? Yeah, half Korean, right? Go half Korean. Um, like just Joanna kind of putting on, putting her, once that basic part is done, then she will be just fitting, uh, putting in some, uh, you know, creative touch upon the house. We are somewhere in between. We are in the, in the process of, of being made into some, something just wonderful. And how does God accomplish this? Pastor Jay talked about just the crucial role that the Word of God plays in our sanctification, right? Without the revealed word, uh, revealed will of God, sanctification is impossible, right? It's just not impossible unless we are informed by the eternal truth of God's Word. We will be in this complete chaos. We'll be just like you know, like a blind leading blind kind of thing. So there is that that crucial role that the Word of God plays. And yet, there is another crucial aspect of sanctification that we need to know. It is the work of the Holy Spirit. The the Word of God and the work of the Holy Spirit are two sides of the same coin. You cannot really talk about one thing and disregard the other. It's almost like, you know, when you talk about repentance and faith, you cannot talk only, talk only, you need to repent, and that's it. Or you cannot just say, just have faith, and that's it. You have to, they go hand in hand, they, they go together. Faith and repentance. Likewise, when it comes to our sanctification, it is the, uh, the word of God and the, wor- uh, the work of the Holy Spirit. They go hand in hand. According to the Westminster Shorter Catechism, so it's, it's, uh, it, it's this work, the great work that was produced back in the 1600s by, uh, by, by the, the English and Scottish, uh, or the scholars in England and in Scotland. Um, and it's like a standard for a lot of, uh, like at least in, in, in my tradition, like the Reformed tradition, this is a standard that they, we usually uh, turn to. And there, uh, it's... Uh, uh, yeah, the, uh, define sanctification is the work of God's free grace whereby we are renewed in the whole man after the image of God and are enabled more and more to die unto sin and live unto righteousness. That's how uh, what we, what we said sanctification is. You know, in, in, in Russia, yeah, uh, it is for us to be one uh, just slowly being more like Christ in our, you know, our thoughts, in, in our behaviors, in every aspect of our lives, right? And the, that, in that shorter catechism, the work of God mentioned here is really the work of the Holy Spirit. And it is crucial for us to understand 
the sanctification is the work of God, the Holy Spirit. We may think sanctification is it's really all on us. You know, when I was younger, that was my understanding. I thought it was all me. Like when it comes to just being more like being holy, doing this, praying, and all these things, I thought it was all on me. I will do this, right? I just need to be more disciplined. I just need more volitional power. I just need more of me. I had to put more effort into it. I thought I just had to try harder, only to fail miserably. I failed to understand that it is really God who empowers me to do what he calls me to do. But I thought it was just all on me. I thought that once you become a Christian, it is really all on you to become a better Christian. Because I knew that, you know, once I become a Christian, I have to be better. I have to be a better Christian. So for me to do that, I just have to put in more efforts and I have to try harder. It's all on me. Sink or swim on my own. Sanctification does not mean that sin is instantly gone, instantly gone and that, that we become sinless, but it means more that we barely hold, uh, hold ourselves back from like going all out on like bad habits, like just barely holding it in. That's not sanctification. I think of like a dam, right? And, and there's like a water that's just like rising and then we just... The, you know, the dam is like barely holding onto the, the water that's like rising. And that is not sanctification, right? Waiting to just unleash. God is working in us in such a way that slowly but surely our sinful ways are being dealt with and that godliness is gaining ground and getting the upper hand. It's almost like, you know, D-Day in the, in the World War II Right, uh, the way they just landed in, uh, in the beach of Normandy, right? That's kind of like what's happening. We are just, yeah. Our mind was so uh, with with uh, uh, you know just sinful, and uh, we were so lost. But once you know God, you know once we uh, surrender our lives and we uh, we put our trust in Christ and become uh, a child, uh, children of God, right? Then God establishes, right? The beachhead, and but and yet we are so like crude, and uh, you know we're there's, there are so many things that are wrong with us, but God is working in us that one slowly, right? We are becoming more and more like Him. The work of God is being done in us. So which is it? You know, Pastor Jay, you know, was talking about work out your salvation, and work hard to stay with Christ. It sounds like we have to work at it. But you are saying that it is really the work of God. It is God's work. Well, it is not an either-or proposition. It is both and. While it is the work of God in sanctification, our input, our effort plays a role. Sanctification consists of our effort dependent on God. So it is different a little bit different from justification, you know, that God really just by his pure uh, work, that declaring us righteous before him through the work of Christ, when we put our trust in him. Once again, it is all God working. And, um, and glorification, 
where you know God would entirely it is entirely the work of God once we are in in our, our final redemption right once we just become once we uh, get uh, once we go to heaven when we are in the very presence of God that we won't even know what it is to be because we don't know what it is like because sin has been always with us. So it is all work of God. But when it comes to sanctification, this life that we have, right, there is still our effort is incorporated in the process. The fruit of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5, like love, joy, peace, and all of that, it shows us that the Holy Spirit is actively involved in our sanctification process. And so in, in today's passage tells us an important sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit in us. You know, here uh, in this verse, it says, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Well, likewise, it's, um, the, in the context, it means that in the previous verses, Paul was talking about hope, sustaining the believer in suffering, it's having that what is to come, right? The reality that is waiting to happen as we hope in what is to come, that it can really help uh, the believer in the suffering, the future glory, us finally being set free from all the sins, set free from all the struggles in this life. It is waiting for us as we focus on, on the sure certainty that is waiting for us. That can really just sustain us in suffering. Likewise, just as hope sustains the believer in suffering, so the Holy Spirit helps him or her in prayer. The truth is, we don't really know what to pray for, right? as we should. Life is really chaotic and confounding. Now, Christians who want to pray in accordance with God's will will find, uh, will find themselves asking, what should I pray for? Right. Can I really pray with confidence, claiming things by faith? Lord, I believe, right? So even though it's uncertain, I claim it by faith, right? Is that how we should pray? Praying uh, things by faith? Or do I have to really make my prayer kind of tentative, adding always, well, I want this done, Lord, but if it is your will. I don't know if it is your will, so I don't know if I can really boldly just uh, pray for certain things because what if it's not God's will, right? So how do I really pray according to God's will? It's reciting the Lord's prayer, it. You know how, like, you know, Maybe not us, but like, you know, when you, when you look at like the, the KM side, oftentimes whenever they have meeting or something, even in the middle of the uh, service, they always recite the Lord's Prayer, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy, this and that, right? Is that it? To recite the, the Lord's Prayer, is that what it means to, to pray according to God's will? Reciting the Lord's Prayer, you know, if you just recite it without even thinking twice about it, it, it's not a prayer mantra. Right? Just constantly just like, you know, praying, just repeating it without any thought into it, without really even knowing what you are praying about. What is praying according to God's will? It's really tough. It's perplexing. 
we don't really know what to pray for as we ought. And when we hear some little kids pray, you know, sometimes it, it makes us smile too, because that's all they know, right? They would pray, thank you, thank you, God, for, you know, my dog, help my dog to be better. Lord, pray, I pray for my parents, uh, help them to be nice to me. Lord, I pray that my sister will be nice to me. Amen. Like something like that. When you pray something like that, right? You know, right? Because that's all they know. They don't really know what to pray for. It's no different with us, too. I remember um, during my seminary years, uh, like like a couple times a year, we would have a like an overnight prayer thing. It's a Korean thing. And, and so, so all these seminarians, we gathered together at this church late at night, you know, in the wee hours of the night, you know, we were just praying. And I was getting so tired, like, you know, it's like towards the end of the semester. And I just wanted to sleep, right? But, you know, I felt like I should go, right? And then so they all gathered together, kind of spread out in the, the sanctuary. Um, and then there was a person who was leading the, the prayer time, and he would just give up prayer topic, and we would just pray on our own. And then somebody would pray for that topic kind of thing. Um, I don't know. It was like 2, 3 a.m. or something. I was dozing off, right? I was getting so tired. And, you know, it's kind of dark. Nobody sees you. And so I was just dozing off. And then the, the, last, thing I, the last thing I heard is, hey, Woojin, would you pray for that? And I was like, huh? I just woke up. And I was like, I had no idea what the prayer topic was, right? So what am I supposed to pray? Because it was, so I just had to pray some, it was a gibberish. I mean, I just try to make it as general as possible. Like, Lord, may your will be done. You know, so I, I really don't, I had no idea what I was praying about because I didn't know what to pray for, right? We don't know what to pray for as we ought. The breath the depth, the height, and the scope of what we should pray for. Why is prayer so problematic for us? Here, Paul says, it's because of our weakness, right? Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. It's because of our weakness. He's not really talking about sin here. What he's really talking about is our ignorance or lack of understanding. We don't know what we ought to pray for in accordance with the, with the will of God. In our human limitations, we simply do not know. And therefore, we don't know how to pray rightly. But enough of the problem. Paul here reveals an incredible truth that the Spirit himself intercedes for us with God. You know, God you know, is just praying on our behalf. The prayer that is always in perfect accordance with God's will. Right? Because verse 27 says, He who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. We, in our weakness, we don't know what to really pray for, as we should. We have no clue. What does it really mean to really pray according to God's uh, perfect will? But the Holy Spirit, who has the mind of, uh, the, uh, mind of God, will just pray on our behalf. 
We are weakness itself. But the Holy Spirit is all-powerful. You know the word help here? It refers to a person coming alongside another to take part of a, a heavy load and help him bear it. That is the word that is used here. Someone who is carrying the heavy load on his shoulder, on his back. Somebody who comes along and comes and bears it together with each other. In other words, the Holy Spirit is coming alongside of us and helping us by bearing our burden. What burden? Our ignorance of what to pray for. We don't know. That's the, the, the burden that we have. That is a heavy burden for us. And he is shouldering that load. He identifies with us in our weakness, just as Christ did by his incarnation. And he labors with us. And that is the image that Paul is giving to us. He's coming alongside. God, I have no idea what to pray for as I should. How do I pray according to your will? I don't know. I don't know. And the Holy Spirit comes along. And we are just burdened by it, being frustrated with not knowing how to pray properly in a way that is in accordance with God's will. The Holy Spirit comes here. Let me pray with you. I will pray with you. I will pray for you. How he comes alongside us to help and shoulder our burden is by pleading our case with God when we don't know how to do it. That's what it means by like uh, interceding. He's pleading for us in our case. He's pleading our case with God. We don't know what to pray for, but the Holy Spirit does. So he prays for us. And God who searches our hearts, know, who knows the mind, uh, mind of the Spirit, and answers his very correct and powerful prayers wisely. He knows exactly what to pray for when we have no clue. So he comes alongside. He shares the burden with us. Here, let me pray for you. And we see another, <clears throat> the most famous case of intercession when Jesus prays for Peter. In Luke chapter 22, verse 31, says this. <clears throat> Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you, that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. There's a prime example of the intercession of Jesus. When Peter was like, oh, you know, I can die, for, die with you. Even if you just go, you know, if you go to prison, if you die, I will be with you. I will not abandon you. Pretty confident of his own ability and his devotion to Jesus. To that, he says, Simon, Simon, I'm praying for you because I know what's going to happen. You're going to deny me three times right, before the rooster crows. And I've prayed for you so that you would not waver 
because the Satan is on you like you would not believe that I have prayed for you, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, because I know you're going to fail, but I prayed so that when you turn, not a matter of if, but when you turn again, that you will strengthen your brother. And surely his intercession worked as he prayed that when the Holy Spirit came, when Peter was so distraught, the fact that he denied Jesus three times, how crushed he must have been, how de- uh, devastated he must have been. But when the Holy Spirit came, right, through the intercession of Jesus, he was re-energized, he found a purpose for his life again, and he lived for the Lord. And that's what the Holy Spirit does for each and every one of us. And he does so with groanings too deep for words. You know, when you're carrying a heavy load with someone else, which is more appropriate? A groan as you stagger along beneath it? Or some kind of having some kind of articulate chatter about it, right? I remember like many, many, many years ago, before I even came to, uh, to embrace, I knew Joe, right? And so there's a, we, we had in the basement, we had this like really like heavy love seat, right? It had some like metal part in it because you could just pull it out to just sleep. So it had, a lot, so it was like, it was so heavy. There's no way, you know, Grace wanted me to get rid of it, but I just couldn't do it on my own, right? Um, so I, I got uh, Joe and another person. So three guys had to just carry this, right? Barely we carried it because it was so heavy and just took it out and just took care of it. But can you imagine if, uh, as we are just like carrying it, you know, Joe was saying, or I was saying to Joe, I was like, man, Joe, can you just you know, carry your own weight, man? You know, you're, you're bigger than me, you know, you're, you're stronger than me. Yeah, you gotta move past, you know, you gotta, just, you know, no, no, this side, this side more, right? Man, this is, man maybe I should just, you know, uh, just hire the, uh, somebody else, pay for it, and just, uh, you know, just carry this thing. Or maybe I should have done this. I, if I just kept talking, right? Is that the right way? To, even though I may have really articulated what, 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 what needed to be done, what is more appropriate when you're carrying, sharing the heavy load together? If you are struggling with a heavy load, probably that is probably the last thing that you want to hear. You're just really heavy. You're carrying it. You're struggling under it because of the weight. A real burden bearer groans with you. And that is what Paul is describing here. The Holy Spirit is the real and true burden bearer with us. When we are just crushed under the weight of not knowing what to pray for, what to do, no idea what, what, how, how we should even go about making decisions in our lives, feeling so lost, the Holy Spirit comes along. He takes our burden with us, and he groans under it with us. Instead of saying, how could you not know what to pray for? What are you, idiot? Right? How, do this, do that. Right? Being articulate about what, he, what we should do. But he's groaning under the weight with us, identifying with us. The Holy Spirit who knows God's plan for our future glory and sees, uh, sees the glimpses of what we would become, he's working 
for its realization. He knows what we will become in the end. With that in the sight, in, in clarity in his sight, he's coming under, carrying the burden with us as we are so ignorant, not knowing what to pray for as we should. And the Holy Spirit is doing this without even our knowledge. We don't see it. We don't hear the Holy Spirit interceding for us. We don't recognize it. But the Holy Spirit is praying for us, even at this moment. He's praying, just naming each and every one of us by name. He says, Emily, I am praying for your faith. John, I am praying so that you would really just come to a better and deeper understanding of my will, the will of God. Be firmly rooted. The prayer that we are incapable of praying when we are down and out and when we are confused, when no one seems to know and care, the Holy Spirit is interceding for his pleading our case, your case, before God because we don't know how to really pray. We don't really know truly the, the will of God in a lot of different circumstances and, and all these things. God sanctifies us through the work of the Holy Spirit, the, the burden bearer's intercession, he changes us. He prays for us so that we will become more like him, more like Christ in our lives. You know, we will be really encouraged if you know that there are people praying for you, right? Like, you know, I, when, 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 when I, uh, one of the, th- uh, when I really enjoy, what I really enjoy about small group is the prayer time, you know, at, at, after we kind of talk about the word and then we share our concerns. And then like just we take turns praying for each other, right? I get really encouraged by the prayers of people. I share my burden with them and then they just pray for that, right? How encouraging that is. If you are encouraged to find out that there, there are intercessors, out there for you, how much more heartened would you be to know that the Holy Spirit himself is praying for you in perfect, in perfect accordance with God's will? Sometimes we may pray for one another, but because once again, we, we, we are weak. We don't know, fully know. So sometimes we may pray with the best of our intentions. We may not really just pray in perfect accordance with God's will. But the Holy Spirit does. And he's interceding for us in perfect accordance with God's will. Surely, he's praying that we would be more like Christ each and every day. We are engraved in his heart. You know, when you are praying for someone, right? Your heart is fully engaged and you are loving on that person, right? That's what we do when we pray for someone else. And that is the Holy Spirit to us. We receive his undivided attention and grace as he intercedes for us with groanings that words cannot express. He comes alongside us. 
and he shares in our burden. But he prays for us. Perfect way. You know, in our struggle, with, in our daily lives, being frustrated, not knowing what to pray for, how to make decisions, or with all these other kryptonites that we have in our lives. We all face within ourselves contrary urgings. There is this undeniable tension within each, each of us. The Holy, Spirit, the Holy Spirit sustains us and gives us the godly and regenerate desires and purposes, but at the same time, our fallen instincts, what Paul describes as the flesh, right, also kick in and get in the way of us drawing closer to God. And it's a common experience for those who really want to be serious with the Lord. If you don't, hey, this doesn't matter because you don't really care. But for anyone who really wants to take the word of God seriously, want to really just draw closer to God, endeavor to really just bear the fruit of the Spirit, all these things, right? It is a, there's a constant clash, conflict within us. Your intention is to please God and obey Him. But on the other hand, your flesh overpowers your intention and end up doing what is not right. Even Paul, he had this struggle in him. You would think that of all, peop all the people, right, Paul would be the one that would be so sanctified and he would just, you know, kind of overpower any kind of fleshly desires. That's not the case. Romans chapter 7, verse 19 says this. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Paul understood, too, that it's a, it's a, in his own struggle as well. He knows what he should do. He knows when you hear the word and the messages and, you know, through the Bible studies, whatever. We know what we ought to do in our head. We know it. But in reality, so often, we end up doing the evil things that we know we shouldn't be doing. We engage in certain kind of behaviors thoughts, motives that are not pleasing to God. And it's not like we don't know it. At times we don't know it. We're ignorant. But other times we are clearly, we are clearly uh, aware of what we are doing. The things that we do, the things that we say. That we keep doing it even though we know that it's, we shouldn't be doing this. It can be frustrating this conflict will be with us as long as we live. But the good news is by watching and by understanding the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit, understanding that the burden bearer is coming alongside of us, interceding for us, right? knowing and understanding that. And also by cultivating godly virtues through the, through the work of the Holy Spirit, we will make progress and we will be able to put to death the sinful ways in us. And that is a promise that we should really just take to heart instead of only focusing on, oh my goodness, it is so overwhelming for me to do all these things. What God wants me to do, how am I going to do this? I can't do this. But God will enable us and empower us. Look at the truth that Paul reminds us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23 and 24. 
Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. Paul is saying, God is the one who will sanctify you completely. And he is faithful. He is. So he will see to it that he will sanctify you through and through. God will enable us and empower us. It's not entirely up to us. We must turn to God. That's why we have to pray and ask God, rely on him, realizing that we cannot do this on our own. But be encouraged, as difficult as it is, that the burden bearer comes alongside us. And he's also with us, carrying that burden with us in our weakness, when we don't know what to really pray for, as we should. Being frustrated, being confused, that he would come and he would pray with us, pray for us in accordance with God's will. May that be our uh, understanding so that we would continue in our daily, uh, uh, you know, just uh, quest to be sanctified by his grace. Let's pray. Let's go before the Lord. And let's just pray at this time. Just take a moment to uh, think about uh, the message. Um, Maybe we can also have a time of confession as well. Uh, a confession before the Lord if this past week if there is anything that God brings to your mind maybe the Holy Spirit is bringing to your call to mind something that is not right before him something that you did and just make a confession 